Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Willicombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. I, I think, though, maybe, Ellis, that you were considered the person that had had it hardest on this podcast. And you almost became like an urban sort of folk legend of the podcast until we had you on. And then it was confirmed that you did have it quite bad the first yeah. time around. So I think we're intrigued to know how. I, I re- I've just re-listened to your podcast, Ellis. Oh, yeah. You were getting up at 10 to 5. Oh, yeah. Know <laughs> um, that. Every morning. I think... That my son has re-listened to that podcast because how is it? Probably a month after we recorded that, it all clicked, and he started waking up at seven a.m. and I I could honestly tell you it was like it just being clicked on, overnight. Pretty much, yeah. It was like being on a holiday. We had a very strange couple of days where he was waking up. Must have been during the school holidays or something because because Betty's a late riser. My daughter, our daughter. So we don't set alarms because he was our alarm, Stefan, my now two-year-old son. And then there were a couple of weird days where Betty wasn't at school, so he must have not been setting an alarm. It's been the weekend where he was waking up like at half past eight and then at nine o'clock. And then at one one day he woke up at half past nine. To the extent that we went in and we went in and checked on him. Yeah. I thought, wow. This is this is amazing. And then he then he settled down at about seven AM. That's ideal for me. No problem at all. Wow. Over the last and did you do anything? Though? Well, over the last week. Oh no. The, oh no. Basically, I, you texted me five, six days ago saying, Do you fancy coming on lockdown parenting hell again as a returning guest? I said, Yeah, no problem. And he woke up at six fifty. I thought, yeah, I can handle that. And then it was six forty. Then at six thirty, I said, Oh, this is this isn't great, isn't it? He's shaving off ten minutes every morning. Then it was six twenty. <laughs> <laughs> this morning was five fifty-eight. Oh, no. I thought you fucking bastard. <laughs> now I think what's happened is we are recording this in late March, mm-hmm. and I think what's happened is it's 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 the light. It's 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 now light in the morning. It's now light at about six a.m. So when I go into his room, even though there's a blackout blind that is treated with a reverence that you would usually reserve for the Turin Shroud. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, no wonder the Blitz was so bad, because if yeah. this constitutes a blackout blind now, yeah. with all the clear technology, <laughs> what the fuck was going on then? <laughs> Did you know the disco lights on the windows. That, that is such a cockney observation. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years before you were born You can't stop going on about the blitz You don't know how hard we yeah. had it, boy. Every night it was Fucking every night I mean they completed in Coventry and Liverpool Don't they in Plymouth and Swansea I mean the East State of London where I grew up <laughs> yeah, They hit there by accident They were aiming for us Apple to Bethnal Green And it was completely flattened by the bloody Germans <laughs> Anyway, so I so I th- I think it's the light. Right? I think the light is creeping in. So so last night, 
I took such care over this blackout blind, but it's still creeping in on the sides. And then there's a blind and then there's the curtains. The curtains are rubbish. Curtains are white. I don't know why we bothered with those curtains. Um, white curtains. So, basic, yeah, but, basic, basic. You know, it's, it's, it's spoil, like it? white with a picture of a, I don't know, of... Um, Fucking what's, unicorn what's, or Yeah, what's giraffe. the multicoloured elephant called? Elma. Elma, yes. Like, a, like Elma curtains or something. I don't know. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so I, I'm worried. I think it's because the summer's on the way, but obviously the clocks go back on Saturday night. So 6 a.m. will become 5 a.m. Oh. I mean, 7 a.m. We, we had six. I really thought this was it. We had seven or eight months of that. And had anything, had you done anything? We did do sleep training. But is that what did it? We did sleep training the first time, and then he got ill. He, he had a really bad cold. This is pre-lockdown. And then because we had to go in and cuddle him and give him milk and stuff because he had this really bad cold, he kind of forgot all of the sleep training. So then we did sleep training again. Yeah, because I think the common cold does give memory loss. Because <laughs> I, I basically learned Pythagoras, had a cold, and I couldn't tell you anything about angles now. <laughs> I forgot how to write. <laughs> I live in a big circle. It's like the roundhouse by us. I can handle it. And then what happened the second time, it really clicked. And then he was sleeping through the night, but he was he was an early riser. And then his rising just became later and later. And then it sort of settled down at about between seven and, and quarter past seven. Great. But I think what's happened is now, because he's two, he was two in January, so he was, it was three months ago. I think we're now entering the zone of maybe dropping his afternoon nap because he still has quite a, a substantial yeah. afternoon nap, which is also a ball ache in itself because that's when I tend to do a lot of stuff when he's asleep. Because he's a How very... How long is he having a nap for? You are. How long is his nap? Oh, I thought you said, what's he having a nap for? Because he's too... <laughs> yeah. lazy. You are Lazy bastard. I th- it was really... I, th- <laughs> you f- I thought you'd phrased the question in a really weird way. What's he having a nap for? <laughs> Your baby's a bit tired, isn't he? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> do me a favour. What's he drinking all that milk for? <laughs> Rob's never met a kid. It's quite a weird podcast <laughs> yeah. to do, actually. I've made it all up. I'm a character act. He's winging it, but it's finally been exposed. I'm rather it's trained. All, it's all based on his very fuzzy memories of his own childhood. <laughs> um, first of all, can we remind the listeners of your setup at home with the kids? How many have we got? We've got four kids. We've got three under five. Okay, so oh. what, can you run us through the ages? Sophia is ten. Liberty's five. Johnny's three and the gift from god is one one <laughs> the gift from god oh wow the gift from god <laughs> and on top of this you've you were texting me before this it's quite stressful in your household because of the amount of animals you've got yeah we've just got um five little ducklings but only two of them have hatched at the moment yeah um, uh. and we've got two orphan lambs that were bottle feeding and <laughs> got, the last three kids are still bottle and dummy so i'm not doing very well Really? So you've got you've got three kids and two lambs all on the bottle at the same yeah. time. At least they're yeah. not all breastfeeding. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> Good job you've got them yeah. on the bottle. <laughs> I've got no breasts, so you can't have that. Do you live in the countryside then? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Kind of. I think I think I'm just kind of trying to live the childhood I wanted through my own children. Okay. Yeah. Like we were never allowed pets or anything like that. So I just try and give them as many pets as I can. Have you got cats and dogs as well? Yeah, two cats. Two cats? Our cats are 15. Okay. We got them when me and Pete first got together. We've got our dog, Jeffrey, who we got in lockdown. Okay. <gasps> lockdown dog. And we've got Lily and Lola, the lambs. Yep. And Jemima, the duck. She's <laughs> hatched today. Oh my and God. the other one hasn't got a name because he's literally just hatched. And then the other three haven't hatched yet. And we've got a great Dane called Ringo who lives here part-time. Part-time? What, what? <laughs> What's he doing with the rest of the time? He's at my brother's house the rest okay, of the time. So, so that's two yeah. dogs. He just needs a little break sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. From the <laughs> They're quite calm, Great Danes, and it's a bit too much. But Pete's like, he didn't want any of these animals, and he absolutely loves them. He, like, nurses the lamb, has the lamb on his knee, feeding it with a bottle wrapped in a little blanket. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just, he likes to play this, like, cruel animal hater role, but he loves it. Yeah, but Abby, before, when we were setting up the sound, what did Peter say to you about bringing back another another a live thing to the house? 
Well, he, he said if I actually bring one more living thing into this house, he's going to leave me. OK, yeah, so are you sure that he's into all these animals? Well I'm, well, I'm trying to make him take the hint. That's why I keep getting them. Yeah, because on, on when he was on, he was speaking about the time you were shouting from the background because I asked him if he'd any parenting mishaps and you were shouting, tell him about the farm, tell him about the farm, and he refused oh, yeah. to tell us. So was the farm the house or was it at a farm? So the farm story, it was at an actual farm and <laughs> I went to the toilet. I was gone for one second and I come back and he was just sitting there and I'm like, where's the baby? Couldn't find the baby anywhere, so I was hysterical. And he'd escaped out of the contained indoor play area and was oh. like a mile down the road <gasps> by lambs and a lake or and everything. Oh, God. It, was, <gasps> it was so so. I like battered Pete in front of everyone in the farm. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Aram. I think I threw a cup of coffee on him. You know, it was a nightmare because I, I'm just so worried about anything happening to them. Of and course, he's just yeah, far course. too late. He's just so laid back. It's a joke. Imagine the anecdote those people who've gone to the farm have got from that day. <laughs> oh, I know. What did you see? Well, some sheep, and I also saw Abby Clancy throw a coffee on Peter Crouch. It was amazing. Yeah. I threw the coffee and punched him. Yeah. It was like, I don't condone violence at all, but I, it was out of panic, and I was, yes. you know... Yes, I think you could be let off. Yeah, I was terrified. But yeah, he's, he's, just too, he's just too laid back, and he forgot the baby bag. That's his favourite thing to do. So how's the sort of parenting split? Obviously, because Peter, when he was playing football, was really busy. Now he's retired. He sort of does a bit of work, but not as busy as he were. And you're still modelling and presenting. What's the sort of, you know, divvying up of, of responsibilities? Is it, more, is it more you than Peter? That's what I'm getting from this. Uh... I, th I think so, because I'm, I'm not working as much as Peter at the moment, because my yeah. baby's only one, so I'm kind of enjoying just being at home with the kids. And when Pete goes to work, I just throw them at him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I've been at work all day. And I'm like, tag, it's your turn now. <laughs> but it, Pete, like, I can't complain about Pete. There's one thing he is. He's an, he's an amazing dad, like all jokes aside. He, mm. he, you know, no matter how hungover he is, how tired he is, he's still like 100, 100% <laughs> yeah. with the kids where I'm like normally dying somewhere. Oh, um, I can't do it if I'm hungover. Oh, I'm such a bad hungover parent. It's horrible, isn't it? It's just like puts it's me awful. off drinking. I swear the kid, the drinks make kids get louder the next day. Oh. I don't know what it is, but just something just sends them over the edge. And mine are, mine are all too young to just get on the couch and watch a yes. movie. Just, yeah. It's just like they're not movie age. You have to just play with them all day. Are you finished at four? Yeah. Is that sort of your sort of like if you sort of like is your opium is getting off getting off the heroin of kids? You you started with farm animals. <laughs> I, I was actually finished with three. Yeah. And then I found like I went for a fitting and they were like the girls like are you pregnant by any chance? She could tell by my body. Um, really? That's how you found out. I was like no chance. And then I did a test and called Pete and he was in the car with Glenn Johnson. And I was like Pete. <laughs> I was like, Pete, I've got something to say. And he went, if, you, if you're about to say what I think oh. you're about to say, just don't say it. And he had another oh. two hours left till he got home and I was so scared. And then but he got home and he was like, I've had time to think and it's okay. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So it was a complete surprise. It was a surprise. We hated each other at that point as well. So I don't even know how I got pregnant. <laughs> to be quite honest. Like the, the pregnancy with Johnny was hell. Johnny's your youngest, yeah? No, Johnny's the uh, three-year-old. Okay, cool. Yep. So I hated him. He hated me. And so I, I don't even know how it happened. That's what. That's why we call him the gift from God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He's just wonderful. He's just fabulous. And he just he's just fitted in so well. And he's not one bit of trouble. So it's 8.15pm at the moment. Are they They're all in, in bed, be Josh. They're all in We've bed. got yeah. it down. That's amazing. How have you done it? I was the first out of my friends to have my babies. And um, I would always feel bad about letting them down to, for, like, an event or going round to theirs for dinner or whatever. And all my friends just bail. I can't do it. I've got the baby and they've got one. I'm yeah. like, you're so pathetic. <laughs> Like me and Pete laugh at people and go like, oh, God, look at them moaning about one child or two children. We've got four, you know, so we feel quite smug about that. But, you know, they're in bed now. Jack goes to sleep seven till seven. But Johnny and Lib are in our bed now. And then we'll have to get them out of our bed. Oh, OK. So, oh. so what's, the bed, what's the bedtime schedule then? Do you try and bath them all together or is there a rota? They're all in the bath together. What time's that? I'm obsessed with people's schedules. I know it's saying. Yeah. So we eat early. We eat about yeah. half five. And do you and Peter eat at half five as well? Or is it yeah. just the kids? And that's it? Well, no, then we have, like, Pete will bring me, like, a cup of tea and Bicky's in bed oh. at, like, 10. And he'll have, like, toast or whatever. 
or a pot noodle, which makes me sick. Oh, God. <laughs> pot noodle in bed? I'm not in bed before bed. All right. And I, I can't get my head around an athlete that would, even though they know all about nutrition, he's still banging back a pot noodle. Yeah, he loves them artificial ready meal things. You know, like yeah. a Rizzler, mm. is it called like a Rizzler's burger or whatever? Oh, no. Um, uh, Rustler's. Rustler's. That, yeah, oh, they're awful. Anything like that he loves. Um, <laughs> I think it's because he's been so deprived his whole life being an athlete and having to eat so well. Yeah. He's like kind of binging on junk. So they all get in the bath together in one go. So they all get in the bath together. Then I try and keep them in there as long as possible to like <laughs> waste some time. Yeah. And then out about half six, then Jarmies, then we play run catch before bed. So that's okay. where they just like run on the landing. We have to catch them <laughs> yeah, and then put them into bed. So that lasts about half an hour. Then Jack goes down and then Liberty and Johnny go in our bed. Yeah. Our kids aren't like big for stories. You know, we try and yeah. do that whole story thing and go to bed, but they don't want it. So we just put like um, something on for 10 minutes then they fall asleep and then we put them in their bed. And then when we go to bed about half an hour later, Johnny comes in with us. He sleeps there all night. And then we've got a single mattress on the floor next to our bed <laughs> where Liberty <laughs> sleeps. Really? <laughs> yeah, and then Liberty gets out of the single bed and in our bed, and then Pete goes on the single mattress on the floor. <laughs> but every night, like clockwork, wow. What a setup. That's amazing. They're so good, but there's just too many of them. You know, so we, we've got to, we have to kind of bend the rules a bit. You know, the, the schedules yeah. just don't, the routines are just, we've got our own little routine going on, and it works. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. <laughs> um, have, you, have you been on your own with the baby yet? Um, or Laura been on her own with the baby? Like, have you, have you had sole charge of the baby yet, Ian? I've had, well, again, because of the whole breastfeeding situ, yeah. I can get, I once looked after the baby for three hours. <laughs> okay. It was a fabulous time. <laughs> I've, you put her in that bouncy chair thing. Have you got one of them? A bouncy chair? Oh, yeah. I'm not the, not the one on the door. I was like, she's a bit young for that, no, Ian. No, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> The Beyond Borg one, is it Beyond Borg? Not Beyond Borg. It's not a Beyond Borg. Uh, what is baby it? Beyond. Max. Baby Beyond. Well, we've gone Maxi Cozy. Oh, classic. Oh, okay. You can't go wrong with a cozy oh, Maxi Maxi Cozy, can you? No. So yeah. I, put, I put her in that. That was, and then you could just sort of, and I've also worked out how to, if you put them in the pram. Yeah. And then you yeah. can put your feet on the back two wheels and sort of get a sort of left to right motion. I've got for an entire half a football with them in there. Ah, yeah. a little rocking. Little bit of rocking. Love movement. I used to love take... They do love movement. I used to love taking them for walks and listening to podcasts because the fresh air keeps them quiet and stuff. It's so counterintuitive, isn't it? Like, you just think, don't move them. Don't make any noise. Yeah. And they actually love a bit of noise and they love a bit of a... Yeah. Well, sometimes when our baby starts crying, we go from the pavement onto, like, we go off-road onto, like, the grass. She's out like a light. <laughs> <laughs> off-road. <laughs> We off-road it. Can I just check? You mean in the pram, not when you're driving, Oh, right? yeah, no, no. I'm not, like, uh, Colin McRae yeah. rallying it about. <laughs> How do you feel about... I was very nervous changing them when they're that small. And obviously I did it and I did the nappies and put them in different clothes. But, like, Lou would love, like, getting them in... Oh, let's put them in that outfit. I was like, they're in an outfit. Let's not risk it again. That arm is yeah. so little. I found quite, it so hard. I'm quite good at nappies. I'm very good at socks. I'm all right at trousers. I fall apart. It's anything that has to go over their head yeah. and put their arms in. I'm like, I am going to yeah. pull, I'm going to dislocate their shoulder yeah, here. Yeah, I, I don't know like how you're going to hold up like a turkey drumstick. Like, oh no, I've pulled That's too exactly that. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. My main fear was the the soft bit on top of oh, the yeah. head. Yeah, it's like an avocado. It's rank. And support the neck. You are in peak support the neck territory. We and then that's all we do. We <laughs> sort of ruin the fun of anyone else. That yeah. it, obviously COVID is very rarely happens. Yeah. But anyone else that holds our baby just oh, gets support yeah. support the neck. Yeah, but some people don't, do they? And like, and even parents of other kids, you know, they pick them up, their heads start rolling around like a bowling ball. And you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> I hate someone that's got, I not, I mean, hate. No, do you know what? Fuck it, I hate. <laughs> people that have got like six, seven-year-olds, so they think they're still no babies and they've completely forgotten everything and they pick, yeah. up, they pick up your kid like it's an Ikea shopping bag. <laughs> 
and they just think they're they know if i'm like you've you're six at least if they're like if your kids like 10 11 they're like oh i've not done this for a while and they take some advice the owner of a five-year-old throws your kid about like like a bowling ball <laughs> have you had many visitors in we've had the old um six people in the garden that was nice yeah. and one of the couples expect and then one of the couples has got a two-year-old so it was this nice sort of like rites of passage moment and all the yeah. All the dads had a little beer in the garden, discussed where they were at, which is really nice. And yeah. I've noticed every yeah. parent says to me, because we're like, oh, it's all right, apart from the sleep, it's actually not too bad. It's really like, she's just so, so such a brilliant baby. And like, you know I mean, you just think they're so beautiful and I have such a lovely time. You know, like, it's not as bad as I thought. And they're like, wait till this, everyone's like, wait till they start moving. Yeah, I oh, know, but you've got everyone is so pessimistic and it is a bit harder when they're running about, but you, you, you can't live in fear like that. Just if they're good at the moment, no. just, just blank that out. You'll always you find some in. miserable bastard and then they'll be like, oh, I think they're all right. Or oh, you wait till they start school and then they start school and it's fine. Yeah. Or oh, wait till they're a teenager. Why don't you fuck off? I can't wait for you <laughs> to shut your mouth, mate. You're not helping. My kid's fine. Give me a break. Yeah, it's mad. Well, you know what it is? It's no one ever wants to hear that someone else is having a good time with their children. Yeah, that's the problem. No one wants that. But I find, honestly, I find that our, we've been, abs- we've been, I think we've been really lucky. They took the, like, boob really well and took, like, the bottle really well. And I think that's the, the that's a big, that, those are the two, the big, big ones, aren't they, when yeah. they're small? Mm. And, and then you, sleep. None of them sleep. No, that's the thing. I, I think as well, it depends, it depends how stressful, like, what else is going on at the time. But if, you've, if it's, you know, I think you get in a roll. If it's going quite well, it sort of carries on going well. But, like, out of your friendship group, are you one of the last ones to have kids or one of the first or about the middle? Because it's, you know, I think you get in a roll. If it's going quite well, it sort of carries on going well. But, like, out of your friendship group, are you one of the last ones to have kids or one of the first or about the middle? Because it does change, like... I had groups of friends that I just stopped seeing when they didn't have kids, and then now they started having kids. You see them more, but have you have you found that with your friendship groups and stuff? I find, and a lot of people I know agree notice this. My friends from back home, I'm sort of the last one. Yeah, they're all babied up. Two, <sighs> three, you name it. Little house outside, slow cooker chat, all that, the whole shebang, <laughs> yeah. right? How old are you? In? Just, I'm thirty-three years old. Which is like, you know, that's got that's like fifty in Scotland, isn't it? Thirty-three. I'm nearly done, mate. <laughs> People say things like this iPhones been in our gener been in through our family for five generations. And um so Scotland, I'm quite far not far behind, but I'm the back end of the curve. And then yeah. London, my mates, some of whom are older than me, look at me with my baby like I am an absolute maniac and they can't believe I've made this decision and why am I not waiting until I'm 50 like yeah, everyone else but there'll be the 45 oh. year old on a skateboard in Finsbury Park with a two year old going that's on, the mate. one thing when you have a baby <laughs> when you have a baby I'm like with the sleep and all that I'm like I don't think I'd be able to like I mean that, that again now I'm being negative you absolutely could if you're an older dad yeah of yeah. course you can maybe I just don't look after myself enough but there is a thought of like doing night feeds when you're in like your 40s or something I'd be like oh I'd be I don't know if I'd manage it. <laughs> yeah, like get your your back going as you get up. Like, oh god, and all that. Trying to take your son to like five a size when you're like in your sixties. Yeah, I mean I'm 35 <laughs> and I make a noise putting socks on. It's only gonna get worse. Yeah, but Rob, let's be honest, you make a noise doing anything, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> so Denmark population about five million. I checked. I didn't know that. I've watched a documentary on Lego. Uh, of course I have. I'm sure Rob has watched it as yep. well. And they're, they're based in like a small town that's just basically people who work at Lego, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. I live in the middle of nowhere. No, I'm not in the jazzy Copenhagen bit. It is the middle yeah. of nowhere in a place called rural Uland. Um, and yes, there's not that much going on. I mean, we're very excited, like post-COVID, the big four are open again. And the big four are Legoland, uh, Lego House, this place called Wow Park and the zoo. I mean, there's very little to do. Wow Park sounds amazing. I mean, you're already setting your stall out if it's just a Ferris wheel, isn't it? Like, I know, the <laughs> arrogance. Yeah, wow. That's not very Danish, is it? Wow Park. It's true. And how old are your children now? Sorry, we didn't get the, their ages. Yeah, so I have um, I have a little uh, ginger. 
ginger child who no one knows where the ginger hair came from, but he is seven now and my twins are just turned four. So we are busy. Oh, oh blimey. That is a busy house. Oh, yeah, so it's fairly recently then you, you wrote the book um, and you've had about four since. You've absolutely, you're banging out books at the rate of children at the moment. Well, there was a stage where I was just writing a book every time I had a baby and then I thought, well, I, want to write another, I don't want another baby. Like, how am I going to do this? But yes, <laughs> I think, um, well, because I have to be freelancers because my Danish is still terrible. Um, and working as a journalist, I was a Scandinavia correspondent for The Guardian for a while. But actually, it's quite hard to react to news stories. I'd be asked, like, can I go and cover a bomb going off in Sweden? And I'd be like, no, I've got a shepherd's pie in the oven. It's very hard to do that once you have kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So books work quite well for that. So well, you moved over there. You, you're, your Danish is now not brilliant, you no. say. But presumably you had no Danish when you moved over there, right? Would that be fair? No, no Danish, no friends, no family. I mean, it was quite a, a shocker. What's that like? Well, I, you just sort of, I don't often sort of take big risks with bravado, but I somehow agreed to move here. And then and then my husband left to go to work at 7.30am because the working day starts at eight here and ends early oh. as well. And I was just sort of in this bleak in the middle of nowhere in January. And it was very much like the killing, just forests all around. <laughs> I thought, what have I done? Um, yeah, so I think work was a real salvation there of just yeah. keeping busy and that helped me meet people as well and like build up friends around here so of course yeah. and do, do you genuinely believe though that a, a slightly more relaxed way of life helped you get pregnant or do you think it was, it was more or more luck or, or, do, or do you think it had a, had an impact yeah I definitely think it, it, had, it had an impact because there was I'd been doing all of the things in London. I'd been, you know, going to uh, St Mary's Hospital and going to Tooting every, you know, every week, like three times a week. I was having all these appointments whilst trying to fit it in around my really high-powered job. And was that I- IVF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then here, it it was just a different pace of life. However, interestingly, uh, for having the twins, it's very hard to relax enough to get pregnant when you already have a toddler. So that was IVF. <laughs> <laughs> So the first one wasn't IVF, but the twins were IVF. Yeah. Yeah. When you got there, did you? What were the main lifestyle changes? Because we talk about this more relaxed way of life, but that's kind of quite a nebulous idea. Because all I know currently is that you go to work at eight a.m., which to me sounds much, (laughs) much worse. Yes, this is true. But you finish at four, and actually, um, the average day an electrician. Yeah, the average day does thirty-three hours a week, which is you know so much less than I was used to doing in London and they're quite um there's this more of a mentality of um you're trusted to do your job and then leave there's no presenteeism and you know back in many jobs in London you know you're pat on the back if you're still at your desk at 7 p.m and that's not the case here somebody did it in Lego and they got a lecture on time management and a leaflet about efficiency oh wow they love a leaflet absolutely love a leaflet leaflet. last stage of the working day (laughs) leave (laughs) Yeah. So there's much more of an emphasis on, you know, you have to leave at four o'clock because everybody works. 80% of mothers work. You have to pick your kids up from daycare. And, you know, the men and the women are tend to be involved in the pickup, in, in making a, a home cooked meal. Food is very expensive. Eating out is really expensive. So even before Corona, most people are getting home to cook a family meal each night. So mm. it's there's just more of an emphasis on on doing your work, getting home, having a life, doing lots of hobbies as well. That's big in Denmark. Oh, wow. And how, how was it different? Obviously, when you didn't have kids and you were there you're sort of alone and I find having kids makes you sort of get into the local community more where you know when you're busy doing your own thing you you don't really notice but when you've got to find a place for them to learn to swim or to find a nursery and stuff how was it having a baby in that environment was it is it different to how you sell your friends and families with kids in the UK yeah yeah for sure it is and there's not really NCT type stuff so I didn't have that ready-made friendship group for for new parents so I did have to to go out there and I'm going to shock you here Helen it's not a it's not a friendship group it's people (laughs) that you are forced to be in a whatsapp group with until you all decide you don't like each other and never message again so don't don't be sold this friendship group though there's a reason Danes are more happy and they haven't got NCT that's the reason yeah so so there's a lot of that and there's a lot of sitting around in cafes and yeah it's it's quite civilized what I did find though is having twins and maybe you've had guests on before who similar experience that you can't actually get to many of the child related activities because you can't get a double stroller anywhere so I made some friends while I had one child but when you have twins it was impossible oh just because the space Oh, no, I think you can physically buy one, can't you? Or is it just not the space? In, well, it's not so big? I measured up. So the Danish pastries, that's another reason they're happier. The Danish pastries are amazing. And I measured up the doorway. I, I don't know if I believe you now. 
What? <laughs> the Danish pastries sounds like you de- you've never moved to Denmark and you're now winging it. <laughs> they must have actual names, the Danish pastries in da- Denmark, yeah, don't they? They're called um, Wienerpol. There we go. Now we're talking. Give me more of these. Wienerpol. Wienerbrot. Look, Vien- Viennese bread. And there's yeah. the frog snapper, the frog snapper. Um, there's one called Baker's Bad Eye because it's got this creamy custard goo in the middle. Oh, wow. Baker's Bad Eye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something horrific in Paul the Baker's yeah. Bad Eye. Sorry to bring the tone down, everyone. Um, um, so you, the, the double stroller, you, you measured it. There was no space. I measured the doorway to my favourite bakery before I bought the stroller to check it was, could still fit in. <laughs> that is commitment to pastry. Yeah, I was a winner. Um, but I found that lots of the baby activities, I just couldn't manoeuvre it in or I couldn't carry the babies upstairs both at the same oh, time. Oh. So it's a it's a shocker. So they would have been, you would have had a three-year-old and then the twins, would yeah. that be right? Yeah, a very angry red-headed three-year-old annoyed <laughs> at having to share with two babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son's like a little gamer, so yeah, man. Oh, is he? Is he yeah, into yeah, gaming yeah. already? Yeah, yeah, he's into gaming hard, real hard. Yeah. So what's he, what's he playing? At the moment, I bought him a Switch, a Nintendo Switch, so he plays, like, your Mario Worlds, your Mario Karts. So is he good? Can you be good at it at that age? No. I mean, I beat him a lot, and he cries. (laughs) 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 But I do it on purpose, because, like, when he gets on my nerves, I'm just like, oh, yeah, should we play Mario Kart? And he's like, yeah. And then I thrash him, like... And the funniest (laughs) thing is, he watches me, like totally thrash him every single level and he'll wait until the uh, the trophies presented to me and then he'll just start crying <laughs> really because yeah. I, I did that try to play the um uh, they've got the olympics game you know yes. the, the mario or sonic olympics with a running and yes. then like i let my daughter win a couple and then i beat her and then she just went mental they can't, yes. at that age they cannot deal with losing and it's <laughs> but like it's just they scream and cry and they have to yeah. win every time and you just think oh my god is my kid gonna be an awful person or yeah. is this just part of growing up <laughs> That is my son. Honest to God, I do the same thing with him. But yeah, he, he just wants to be better at me than anything. Like, he's always like trying to say, like, I'm stronger than you, daddy, like, and trying to fight me. And it's just like, dude, like, I will body slam you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'll say, like, you know, I don't know how big he is, but you're a pretty big guy. You're not a small guy. I think you could take a five year old, couldn't you? Yeah, I could. Oh, listen, I will, my son, especially <laughs> when he gets on my nerves, like I told you, man, I'll body slam him. So he'll play fighting and stuff. Yeah, He's quite yeah, rough and yeah. tumble, is he? Yeah, yeah, he loves it, man. He, he like, always just trying to, like, punch me up and stamp on me. Really? Like, See, my, yeah. my five-year-old is a, like that, but with, like, knowledge. She's like, I know I know this because of school. I know more than you. She's obsessed with knowing more than me because she's learned a bit at school now. I said there was a refraction of the light, and she, it's actually reflection, and then I was like, <laughs> and then... She keeps banging on at me about what a reflection is. And I just felt like saying, you're, you're, you're fucking wrong. It's so wrong. It sounds similar, but you're fucking wrong. But she was like, I know, because I go to school and I know. And I was just like, shut up. But they, they, they love it, don't they? Even at fire. Is, is he in his first year of school then? Yeah, he's going to go into year one this September. So he's just finished reception. And uh, yeah, he's, he's happy because in his mind, I'm going to be a big boy now, dad. And it's just like... Yeah, kind of, but you still struggle with wiping your bum. So I don't know about this big boy. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? This big boy stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> and you you were in North London and you've moved to Hertfordshire, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that because of the kids and that stuff was, or was it Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. We were we were living it's so weird. So yeah, when I moved from my mum's house in Highgate, once I got married. We moved to Enfield and then we spent like maybe like a year and a half there and then, you know, was fortunate enough to save up enough money. Came to Hertfordshire. So you're in like, you're in the countryside? I am. I am, man. I'm, I'm there like, you know, there's a whole bunch of trees outside my yard. And sometimes <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you had the lingo. <laughs> He's Some... a city boy, but he knows all the terms. But I'm a turned out of country bumpkin all of a sudden. <laughs> And, um, trees and that. Yeah, trees and that, and couple horses and that, and sheep and that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it's it's different, man. It's it's different up here. How did you find it when um when he was uh, little, when there's a new ball and stuff like that? Was it was did he sleep well or was he a bit of a nightmare? 
No, he slept well. He slept well. He, he, oh, mate. He was good. He was good. Josh, is, Josh is dealing with a very uh, that's badly a sleeping child at the moment. Oh, that's a heartbreaking oh, answer. Sorry, bro. <laughs> the answer is the answer is you just get a good sleeper or you don't, and then yeah, that's just yeah. your hand. You're just lucky you're not. Yeah, that's the hand yeah. I've been dealt for the next 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> One of my mates, Kane Brown, um, he's a comic as well. He just told me, kiss, good, uh, kiss sleep, goodbye. That's all he yeah. said to me. It was just like, forget about sleep. Like, you will never get a good night's sleep forever. And I was just like, damn. Well, it is true. It is true. Because then when they get older, you don't sleep because you're worrying about them. Because they're not in the house. Oh, I'd take that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, happily, I'd happily lie there worrying. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? At least I can look at my phone while I do it, mate. <laughs> at least you can watch a film while you're worrying. Yeah, at least I'm beer. not getting back <laughs> problems from walking him around the bloody room all the time. Well, my wife kind of dealt with that side of things, to be honest. I kind, I did sleep through the crying sometimes when he would wake up because he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad, yeah. but obviously the odd time here and there was just like, yeah, this child ain't going to sleep. But my son has this annoying habit, yeah? He he likes to touch my armpit. I don't know why, and I don't know where this comes from. And this is true. So what he will do sometimes is more t- if, if he's not just jumping in the bed and just getting in between me and my wife, sometimes I'll wake up to him scratching my armpits <laughs> it's the most random thing oh my god it's so weird me, no honest to god this is so weird and i'm like me and my wife we googled it we were just like what is this obsession with him holding people's armpits what can i, I ask what you google what the exact terminology you're googling Harris? <laughs> i put i put child's obsession with armpits <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! What a search! I bet you were so worried, waiting for it to load up. <laughs> and apparently, it's it's a rare thing. It's not uncommon, but it's no rare. Shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> why would it be my son that has to be the rare one? But yeah, yeah. apparently, yeah, a, a few children do this. And would that would he hold a stranger's armpit? It depends how comfortable he gets. Like he did it to my mate Nelson, and he just did it so he did it so smoothly to the point where. <laughs> My mate turned around and was just like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> like he said, <laughs> And I couldn't, I'm listening, I was on the floor. Sam Quick, welcome to the podcast. You are our first Olympic gold medalist. Oh, I'm honoured. Thank you. That is exciting, though. That is such a big achievement that it's sort of, do you get bored of it being brought up or does it still feel good when you hear it? No, it it still feels good. Even when I get on my medal, sometimes it still feels good. Any opportunity, I'm like, oh, here's my medal. (laughs) Have you put your medal on your baby? (laughs) I actually haven't put it on her. I put it next to her. I took a photo with it because she had like her own little personal portrait photo shoot a few weeks ago. So um, she actually, it was next the gold medals are getting bigger and bigger, but bless Molly, she makes it look even bigger because <laughs> she's so small. <laughs> so, so what's the setup at home? You've got one child? Yes, one child who is eight weeks this week. Oh. So proper fresh. How are you feeling? Because I think I think at eight weeks old, I just, I wouldn't have been able to speak to someone about having it odd so in the in the in the trenches but how's it going it's going really well I'm blessed to have Tom who's brilliant I mean I'm not great at the best of times without sleep but he is really stepping up to do some of the night feeds so I'm actually feeling okay the first two weeks are really tough I think you just gotta well like you know figure out the baby and what their cues are what they like what they don't like what works what doesn't work so I can sit here at eight weeks and say listen it's it's not easy we're gonna, no, I don't think it's easy for anyone, but I can't complain because she is a star and I've got a good support system. What I like is you do slightly talk, you still talk slightly like a, like you're discussing a run of sporting fixtures. I was about to say that, Josh. That was a classic response from an athlete. That it was, <laughs> there was emotionless broken down into what is our goal? How are we going to attack it? And we're being successful. Let's just crack on. You know, you know, it's a new, it's a new week next week. Yeah. The boys are happy in the changing room. We'll print out the next spreadsheet. <laughs> Are you very organised then? You sound a very organised and controlled mum. What do you want to say? You know, we've had um, poo splats all over the white wardrobes a number of times. You know, yeah. puke-filled clothes and whatnot. It's just the standard. I think most parents will probably know what I'm going on about. But I, d- I didn't expect it to be what it is. I don't know why. I just, every so often I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
is it in a responsibility or an excitement sort of way or both? Both. Both because I've always, especially as an athlete, you grow up um, and you compete. You have to be really selfish. Even to the point in a relationship, I was very much, it was always about me, what I couldn't go to, what dates were I available to, can I drink, can I not drink? And then like that was marriage and then just me and Tom. But now I've got a kid. It's like another level of, oh my God, you have to look after this thing who can't do anything for itself. Um, and even just like, I mean, I'm expressing, and so I feel like a, you know, a cow that needs to be milked, but because she's getting bigger, she's wanting more milk. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't, I just even stuff like that, trying to provide milk for a child. <laughs> Keep up demand. It's like, it's like a, a small brand that's popped off in lockdown on Insta. And you just, you haven't, you haven't got the supply chain yet. You've got... Well, I said to my husband, I said, I'm just pumping milk. What are we going to do with all this milk? And he said, I can definitely get some on away on eBay. Definitely. It was <laughs> an Olympic gold medalist. And we'll make a good <laughs> Gold medal milk, the fuel of champions. <laughs> Very strange piece of sporting memorabilia. I think that I think it would sell. So yeah, you say that, but I've been asked for some really weird stuff before. I'm um, like from some people wanted my old shoes and socks. To, I don't know what they wanted them for. I, I um, think I do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what What do you think? You know, let's not be naive about this. There's some sick fucks knocking about, Sam. (laughs) Another request as well. Someone wanted a recording of me, of me farting through a walkie-talkie. Oh, wow. Oh, God, that is... The walkie-talkie is perhaps the weirdest bit of that. So, Josh... Well, it's not, actually. It's not the weirdest bit of that. (laughs) So, you're eight weeks in. Do you feel... Do you feel, like, sleep-deprived at all? Or are you... Yeah. You seem like you're pretty with it. It's because I've had a coffee. Honestly, I mean, I used to be a coffee fiend and then obviously cut, cut it down or didn't really have any during pregnancy. So now, like, when I have a whiff of coffee, I am bouncing off the walls. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's like when you don't drink for a while and then you're hammered after one pint. Yeah. I've still got that to come, actually. I've still got my first drink slash binge drink to come post-pregnancy. Yeah, you've not had... Have you got anything booked in? Because as as a comedian, the first night out of um, a, 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 a recent mum... Um, is normally pretty hardcore. That is when people really let loose because it's been over a year normally with the pregnancy and then the baby being small. Have you got that night out booked? Um, I've got my good friend's hen do down in London actually on the 22nd of May. So that's the next, that'll be the, a big event. Is that the first time you'd have left your daughter? Um, overnight, yeah. Yeah. How'd you yeah. feel? A little bit nervous, but then I say that, but no me, like as soon as I get a drink in my hand and the sun's shining, I'll be like, woo! Charlie Baker, so comedian, Mm. uh, singer, Mm. you do jazz, Mm. actor, radio host. You've got it. You've got it all. Yeah, very average and lukewarm at all of those. (laughs) (laughs) But people like that. They like that, and it's just stay warm. Someone early on in my career said, "Never be hot. Just stay warm. Just stay warm." (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, because being hot implies you will cool down, you will and that cool could down, really, you know, yes, that's a great, good that's advice, a great philosophy. Yeah. It's a really good advice. I'd say you're, I'd say you've got funny bones, though, Charlie. You're a funny person. Thanks. Which Thanks, sometimes Charlie. you don't have. Some people manage to get away without having that. But you're a very funny man, and you've got two children. Is that correct? I've got two children. Yes, with a nine-year gap in the middle. Oh, and oh, how yes. old are they now? My my son is fourteen. Which is like it's like living. He can probably hear me, so I have to be because I'm not really allowed to talk to him or about him. Right, or, right. Okay. <laughs> so that this is going out as well, Charlie. So even if you do keep your voice down, there is yeah. an opportunity for him to hear. Yeah, it. for the rest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the internet's forever, isn't it? Yeah, and no, it's like living at the moment with the staff of a French restaurant in Paris, right? <laughs> Have you, oh. ever been, have you ever been to Paris? Everyone's yeah. so amazingly rude that you have to yeah. admi- you have to admire it. Don't you? you have yeah. to absolutely go. That isn't some unbelievable rudeness there. But you also get like the maitre d at the front, who is inc- amazingly charming. 
Um, so some days it'll come down and it'll be like the maitre d' will be here. Like the most charming person you've met in your life is an absolute joy to have him in the house. Absolutely beautiful. And then he'll ask for like 20 quid or something and it'll be fine. But, you know, like, and then, and then sometimes it's like having that rude waiter who doesn't speak yeah. to you, just looks at you like you're an absolute idiot, just does not want to speak to you ever again. Don't embarrass me in front of my friends, you know, all those things. Oh, and then so some really peak, it's peak yeah. hating dad yeah. mode. And then you get the the like executive chef <laughs> full <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. You are a bastard. I hate you. Just absolute, oh, absolute. And then at the end of it, just a beautiful, sometimes a great big cuddle or, you know, I'm sorry, dad. And we have a big cuddle and I love you. And, you know, and then we sit and watch the football, you know, and then it's all lovely again and have cheese on toast. All have cheese on toast, you know. But that's what it's like living with a teenager. <laughs> Can I just say that, that you're, the highlight of your relationship with your son is you have cheese on toast sometimes. <laughs> 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 but living, everyone warns you about teenagers, right? Everyone warns you. And you think, I can cope with that. I know moody people. I, you know, I've, I've been in the arts my whole life. I've seen, <laughs> you know, moody people. It's unbelievable because you can't first few times you can't believe the rudeness and you can't believe the speed mm. of it. It's like a sort of shark attack. Well, I've never been attacked by a shark, but I, ima- I imagine it's quite fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't help but feel that you'd be having cheese on toast with a shark afterwards, Charlie. <laughs> exactly. Do you take it to heart? I take it to heart if it's at my wife or our five-year-old daughter. If it's at me, if it's at me, I can sort of. Just, just take it and go. Okay, that's all right. It's, yeah, that's all right. But if it's if it's rude, my one rule is don't be rude to mum. You know, just do not yeah. be rude to mum. And it's like if it's and then I will I will suddenly go. You know, and I'm a pretty. I would say I'm a fifty fifty parent. Fifty percent. You know? Do you know that? You've only got, you, haven't, you haven't got full custody. Sorry to go to football <laughs> again. <laughs> Have you ever seen that quote that sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit? <laughs> you ever seen that? that, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. It's an Italian Gattuso. It's Gattuso. It's Gattuso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a manager. They go, what? And they ask him, what do you think of his defence? And he goes, I don't know. Sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit. And, I, and that is basically my parenting style. I will sometimes go, oh, that was awful. That was a really bad bit of parenting. And then my wife will yeah. give me like a little tip like of how to deal with something and I'll do that tip and I'll go, I am brilliant at this. I am absolutely brilliant at this. <laughs> well, have um, you got examples yeah. of when it's gone wrong and then when you've nailed it? Um, well, it, it's, it's always, she's really good at just saying, pick your battles. That is the key with a teenager. Pick your battles and just don't try and be their friend. It's just letting a lot of stuff go. You just have to let a lot of stuff go. Take the frozen amendment and just let it go. Because it's like, you're not going to win because the, the argument is is not lucid. It's not, they, no. they don't mean it. It's pure emotion. It's just pure emotion. And hormones as well. At that oh, age. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's growing. It's, and he, it must he's be nearly, he's nearly taller than me now. What, five, five. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are bigger though, aren't they? They are bigger now, aren't they? <laughs> I think we're getting smaller. Are we? I am getting smaller. I am getting smaller, but but they are massive now. These kids walk up because we live on a high street, and yeah. so the kids walk home from school, and they are they are all six foot plus. It is unbelievable. Yeah. They are massive now. I think a, a you know like a hard nut from school. Yeah. I think a hard nut year eight could beat me up. Yeah. Oh, def- oh definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, actually, definitely. Um, sometimes, like uh, Stan plays in a in a in a football team. He's a keeper, isn't he? Goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. Yeah, but like one of the hard lads in his year plays in this team, right? And and I and I like I like him, right? I like him. But um, sometimes like, you it, don't it, have to be scared of him. No, 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 no. But this is the thing. <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I'm just trying to, I'm trying to temper what I say because yeah, I like him, but not when he right. takes my cheese on toast. <laughs> no, but no, but the thing is, right? It is the thing. You know, he's like the hard lad in the year, right? Yeah. And if if he turns up in your house, it's a bit like, yeah, hello, yeah, all right, um. Sort of feel a bit like, oh god, oh no, because he's just genuinely hard, you know, like. <laughs> It's like when you go to the pub and someone introduces you to their really hard mate and you have to you're a bit scared, even though yeah. they're being nice. You just <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like embarrassed that you put Marmite. He goes, Have you put Marmite on this cheese on toast? <laughs> you take me with some sort of mug, Charlie. Yeah. I can legally buy beer. Um <laughs> <laughs> if you want some. <laughs> 
That's it for this special best of episode. We'll be back next week. If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkouts. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. I glanced at a tampon. £2.69 <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social code media 10 characters long? starts guiding you. I don't care Boot if you're watching. Boot cut jeans. What's upset you now? I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. We are the hosts of What's Upset You Now? The UK's angriest podcast. And we are back for Series 5. Booyah! We all love a good moan, don't we? And Sean and I, well, Sean mostly, are two of the best in the absolute business. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we moan about all those little things that really get our goat. We also have guests. What guests have we had, Sean? We have had Romish Ranganathan, Rob Beckett, Mark Lamar, Joe Brand, Catherine Ryan, Tom Allen. 15-minute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Brand new What's Upset You Now, Series 5, out now. Oh, for God's sake. Josh, you fancy going for a beer? Maybe like the 14th of April? Can't do the 14th of April, Rob. How come it comes? We're doing the Parenting Hell Arena tour at Manchester Arena. Oh, OK. How, yeah, about, how about the 19th of April? Oh, no, I can't do that. I'll be doing the Parenting Hell Live tour in Nottingham. What about the 20th of April? Cardiff Arena. Parenting Hell Live, Cardiff oh. Arena. 21st? 21st of April? 20, uh, no, I can't do that either. London 02. 20, 20, 23rd of April? I can do the 22nd. We've got a day off. Uh, 23rd, okay. yes, yes, Wembley. <laughs> what about the 28th of April? I'm in Birmingham. Do you know what, Rob? Parent in Hell Live Tour. Yeah, but we'll just have a drink afterwards. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, that'd be nice. We need to plug the live tour, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a live tour of Parenting Hell, and I cannot wait. It's genuinely going to be an absolute thrill to do. And do you know what it would make? The perfect Christmas present. Two of those tickets. Ooh. Oh, great Christmas present. Or Father's Day present or Mother's Day present. Exactly. See you there. Hello, Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Suze, being queer? Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it. There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins. <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That sounded quite professional, didn't it? From the Box is the TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of the nation's favourite shows, including Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. You know, it was literally, we couldn't sort of go anywhere we was, you know, without being recognised. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed the shows and the stars in them. On this podcast, I delve where no one else has been. Well, I mean, you can listen to over 70 episodes right now with stars including Sue Johnston, Glynis Barber, Denise Welsh, Sid Owen, Sally Dynevor and Danny Minogue. No more, no more. In this week's episode, I chat to the star of one of the biggest Christmas films of all time. Hi, I'm Martine McCutcheon. Yes, Love Actually and EastEnders actress Martine McCutcheon goes behind the scenes with me, especially for you. It's such a beautiful thing, like, to be part of your legacy, to leave behind. Soap from the Box, the TV podcast you don't want to miss.